Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. To my left, maybe we should switch you guys up once in a while. To my left, Mountain Man. <laughs> I like that. We have Brian, Brian, and Brian. If you ever really want to wonder how this is all set up, we should do a video shot someday. But anyway, we have Mountain Man Brian Martin to my left, and uh, he is ready to go on his homeland. Actually, it's not his homeland, but this is a place that he loves. We're going to talk today about. Across the table, Brad Dana. Today, we are going to discuss the topic of British Columbia, and it has quickly became my favorite, favorite place to hunt. Maybe, maybe it's equal to Alaska, but we'll talk about that as we go. And just a quick reminder to visit rollingbones.com and check out our membership. They'll help you get started on your hunting adventures of a lifetime. Check out our membership built just for you. Our concierge service is waiting and ready to help you. I will tell you this. If you're going to Bridge Columbia, the membership would be dynamite to help you maneuver through what you need to and make sure you have the best results possible. Okay, gentlemen, what do we have today? Oh, hey, well, first of all, what do you think, Brad? We'll start with you, Brad. Brian knows very little about British Columbia just because he guided there and owned territories yeah. and is a sheep hunting freak. Well, he's good at baffling you with BS, so he can mm-hmm. cover it. He can cover up what he doesn't know with just his charming. He took a thirty-five pound pack out once with seven with with, <laughs> with seven other packers, <clears throat> seven dwarfs. <laughs> so, what do I think of BC? I love BC. I love I I put BC and Alaska kind of on the same. Plain Alaska is kind of crazy though because it's so big. There's so many different. Uh, there's so many different things about Alaska. You know, if you're hunting up by uh, the Yukon, you know, at the base of the Yukon where it empties into the ocean, there that's totally different comp- country than the Alaska Range and the Brooks Range and the Peninsula, um, Kodiak. So. Um, I, I love all that, and and one of the things I like so much about it is it starts early so it extends your season you know it's alaska and bc have really tweaked the way because i used to archery elk hunt every 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 year i would do 16 to 18 days chasing archery elk around and now i don't even get to do that because i get to be in alaska or bc or some you know somewhere up there up north so i like the rifle season starting in uh, august that's cool super cool super awesome diversity of species you know you you don't go on an archery elk hunt you're like you're up there you might have a special hunt it might be as like a stone sheep hunt now that's my focus but a lot of the times what we're doing is a mixed bag you know we're going to have a bunch of tags in our pocket and off you go and you're just looking for the experience and the adventure i love it it's, it's uh the top of my hunt plan actually my hunt goals is i have uh, do alaska and bc it's funny because you say you're talking about a bag full of tags and species so last year on my stone sheep hunt, I had stone sheep as we were sitting there glassing on the ridge to the right. 
couple lambs, a couple ewes, and they played. They actually wandered right into us. In the spotting scope, at the same time, I could turn it and see an elk. I could turn it and look at caribou. I had a black bear on the side of another hill. We had a grizzly bear spotted about two miles over on a peak. And so you have caribou, elk, black bear, grizzly bear, and stone sheep. All You're watching it all sitting on a point of a mountain going, this is cool. And so you add wolf, you add you know, all the others. Yeah. It's just crazy, the species. And Mountain it, it, goat. Uh. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the best things about it. Um, and it's got really good animal. I hope they, I hope they figure out the grizzly bear deal because that's a really major bummer. Certainly outfitters, and it's bad for people up there too. I mean, the grizzly bears, they need to be managed because they're just, they're, they're already a little wild and crazy up there. <clears throat> They need to be a little, uh, they need a little human guidance and interaction. We're good at guiding and interacting. With the the other thing before, Brian, you take, take off, because I know you have a lot to say about British Columbia, and I'm looking forward to hearing it. I find it super easy to get to, because from here, we live in Spearfish, so we're kind of the center of the nation anyway. I can either fly to Salt Lake or to Minneapolis, and then for me, it's just a jump into British Columbia, or not British Columbia, uh, Alberta, Calgary, and then on into Fort St. John's. Or you can go Hong Cougar. Uh, yeah, or you can go, or you can go through, or you can go through Hong Cougar. But Hong Cougar. No, Hong Cougar. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. There's a lot of Cougars outside of Hong Kong, out of Hong Cougar. Here's the problem with. <laughs> here's the problem with Vancouver. Okay, Vancouver. The airport is not as friendly as Calgary, in my opinion. And they have cowboy hats. Mm, Calgary has cowboy have, hats. There's a reason we call it Hongcouver and not Vancouver. And there's a reason they have cowboy hats in Calgary. Yeah. And, and Calgary, from a gun perspective, I have to tell you, the reason I always say if you're going into British Columbia, my suggestion, if you have to stop when you get in through customs, it's either, it's either Edmonton or Calgary. And the reason being is they're gun friendly. It's easy Most customs. Most of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. But 90% of the time <coughs> I've been through... It's, it's super easy to fly through, and then you can get your gun, get through customs, and give yourself time but jump on there. But British Columbia is an amazing place, and I just uh, I, I can't get enough of it. It's not hard to drive for us either, though. No, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's a, it's a, it is a, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a pull, but... It's a pretty good pull. Oh, boy, it's like hitting me. It's in a couple the, days. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it all depends on your perspective. Some people are road warriors. They love it. I'm a I'm an airplane guy. Let me get the pl- flights booked and zing through. But that's because you know I spent 20 years running around the country in an airplane, so that's easier. A lot of guys panic, fear the airport. Okay, then you know what? Drive. It's not a bad drive then. Well, like for me, long and <coughs> to, to drive back terrible. where I where I've where, to drive back to where I've lived for quite a few years is 1,200 miles, and that's southern BC, south central. And if you want to go up where you guys hunted, you can drive. You cut through uh, Alberta instead of going all the way through Washington and cutting up. But you probably would be around 1,500 miles. Probably to, uh, What was it to where you guys drove to? It was 20 hours. I don't remember the... And that's 20 hours. I'm of, not as good at that as you are. You're like, you're like, I went from here to here to here, and it was like 2,307 miles and blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm like, it was a long ways. Yeah, but you know what? It was a long ways. There's no doubt it was a long ways. I... 
I enjoyed I enjoyed the camaraderie and the travel and uh, if you got like two three guys going uh, driving is fine but if you got one person I don't recommend driving that far unless you're really wanting to bring a bunch of moose meat home and sometimes those are the guys that don't get a moose so <laughs> you might have to pay somebody for their moose meat <laughs> right well and here's the other thing I wish it's twelve hundred and thirty miles twelve hundred and thirty miles that way to Grand Prairie yep. That's not bad. And then you had to drive another two hours? Yeah, just a couple hours past there. But, you know, the speed limits are all whacked up. And, and I'm not a big speeder like my little speed reminder friend Brian here. But uh, it's pretty slow in Canada. It, uh, they, they do not have a realistic They don't have as many interstates of, like we do in the U.S. where you just blow right through the cities. You have to go slower. There's a few that you go through. Well, Brian, Brian was able to negotiate traffic in Calgary to the point that our buddy uh, still talks about it to this day. <laughs> well, so, 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 so there's some people that are outliers at certain things. Um, I built the financial services business in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Chicago, Milwaukee area. So rush hour to me is like a challenge. And uh, un- for, for Jason, for, for Jason <laughs> Hamill from Milesville, South Dakota, population, and there's not even there's not it's not even a town; it's a post office. So it stuck out in his mind, and he still talks about it. And he told his there's uh, a strategy: his, uh, yeah. you run the left lane till it slows down, and then you cut all the way across. Oh, sorry about that to the right lane, and then you wherever the pulse is, you just cut across. And we had a trailer hitch on too, so he he was freaking out. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "No, this is no problem. We literally." Even though there was stop and go traffic, I bet going through rush hour in Calgary, million people, we I don't know actually if we did completely come to a stop once because we we maneuvered through the whole thing really good and it was awesome. So we got to focus here. So about British Columbia, look a couple quick facts because most people know British Columbia is pretty big. It's the west coast of uh, Canada. It borders Alaska and Washington and Idaho and Montana, and, and then on the east, it borders Alberta. It's about 900 miles tall, about 400 miles wide, about 355,000 square miles, which is a lot, many, many million acres. So Alaska is bigger at about 550,000 square miles. But BC is much bigger than Montana, which is off its southeast corner, and that's 146,000 square miles. And Texas would be bigger than um, Montana, but smaller than, than uh, British Columbia. And what's interesting, when you start just north of Vancouver, Vancouver, whatever you want to call it, the mountains start. And the mountains never really stop much until you get up to the Yukon and Alaska intersection there. And they really don't really stop there. Just past the BC border, there's Mount Logan, which is the tallest mountain in Canada, 19,000-something feet. And that coast range is full of goats and bears the whole way up. Uh, really good fishing. Then, of course, when you get about halfway up, a little more than halfway up uh, BC's coast, you hit... Alaska becomes the border instead of the ocean, but a, a lot, BC has great fishing, great great salmon runs and great halibut and great uh, steelhead runs on the west coast. It has really good fly fishing in the southeast, and the interior has a lot of lakes, and to the north it has a lot of good lakes too, so it has great fishing. It has, to me, British Columbia is kind of like breeding Montana and Idaho and Alaska together. It's a hybrid. When you go to the north, the Cassiar Mountains are very similar to Alaska and the Yukon, you got the Rocky Mountains that are kind of extension of the Rockies that go through Colorado, so there are a lot of limestone peaks. And um, the tree line is probably about 5,500 feet, which is much, much lower in that stone sheep country than is in Colorado or Wyoming. You have a big diversity of wildlife. 
the northwest corner, if you want to start the most extreme, you got bears and, and, and goats. And then, of course, purebred doll sheep. There's a couple of management units up there. We call that um, uh, region six of the Skeena region. It's not, I guess it's kind of the Skeena, but the Tatanshini is the furthest northwest region for hunting. And then the further southeast is the Kootenays. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff in between. But so the, the doll sheep are on a drawing, and there's a, I think there's two outfitters that have uh, doll sheep tags. There's not many, um, but there, you can hunt doll sheep there. British Columbia has the, the highest po population of stone sheep by far. I think there's somewhere between nine and 12,000. I've heard different numbers, but let's call it 10,000. There's probably 20, 25 outfitters that offer for stone sheep. There's going to be 9,999 in a few more months. Exactly. <laughs> and um, and then you so the British Columbia stone sheep population starts. Did, did, at, I, did at I get a stone Lake. sheep hunt? <laughs> so the stone sheep population. I'm a sheep nut. The stone sheep population starts at uh, Williston Lake, which is west of Hudson Hope and Fort St. John, and then from there it goes all the way to the Yukon border. And then when you hit the Yukon border, I mean the stone sheep go up into the Pelly Mountains, and up into the Cassiars, which is right on the border with uh, the Yukon. But at, at some point there, they kind of turn into more of a fan and sheep, which is, looks like a hybrid between a stone and a doll. But the southern British Columbia and, and the south central BC has uh, California bighorns in the interior, which is, I mean, they would call it California bighorn. I still don't know for sure why they call it that, but it, it's kind of like a hybrid between a desert sheep and, and, and a Rocky Mountain, a little bit shorter, a little more broomed. You have Rocky Mountain in a couple areas in the southern interior, like Spencer's Bridge, but there's no outfitted hunts there. So all the outfitted hunts take place basically along the Alberta border for, for you know, probably 90% of the bighorns are probably within 30, 40 miles of the Alberta border. And there's a couple of air, bighorn areas that are further in, but not, they, they don't have as big a numbers. And so you got those four kinds of sheep. You got mountain goat, and mountain goat, again, go right from the Washington border all the way to the uh, Yukon border. So you got 900 miles of mountain goat country, and then most of the mountains that have stone sheep have mountain goats. There's somewhere between... 50 and 100,000 mountain goats. I don't know, let's call it 75,000, but there's a lot of mountain goats, uh, many more than there are sheep. And then your next mountain animal from the top down is the big um, Canada moose. So the biggest Canadian moose you can kill in general uh, live in the northern part of BC along the Yukon border. That's where the world record Canada moose came at, scored 242. And then <clears throat> the number two, I believe, is 240, but they're basically like a Yukon moose. And then you have caribou which is a mountain, mountain caribou variety. The world record for years came from British Columbia. Now the current world record, uh, at least official, uh, I believe came from the Yukon. There's, uh, I think the number one and two came from the Yukon, but there's several really big ones. The old area that I used to guide in had several top 20 type animals. I think the biggest one scored was 444, which is giant. And a lot of 410 to 420s. 444? 44. Yep, 444. Did you just make that number up? Nope, I can look it up. Jim Johnson from Montana killed it. And about 19. You are rain man of this crap. 444 <coughs> inch. That thing looks like a cartoon character. Not very long beams, but one of the one of the most impressive caribou I've ever seen. I bet. Wow. Yeah, very very impressive. And that was British Columbia. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah, he killed that in the uh, late 80s. So yeah, beautiful animal. One of the nicest caribou I've ever seen killed. P perfect bez, perfect double shovel, perfect top points, back points, shorter beams, but really big mass. And then I remember one year in that, that area that I used to guide an outfit in, um, they killed, I think, three or four caribou between 410 and 444. And you can see they're actually all entered in the record book the same year. So it's not, they're not BS numbers. They're actually real legitimate Boone and Crockett wow. numbers. 
So you get giant moose up there. The nice thing about British Columbia, the moose is a lot cheaper than the Yukon. So you get a big moose, it's twelve to 14,000. Maybe the most expensive guy might be 16 to 18, and you jump across the border and they start at 20, and they go up to 30. So you can shoot mid to upper 50s right along the border, and it, it, as long as you're within, a, say, 150, 200 miles of the border, um, you're going to shoot usually a 50-inch plus average for sure. And there's certain pockets, depending on where you're at, like where um, Aaron uh, outfits along the BC-Alberta border. I, I was just going to say. Still, they can still shoot occasionally 200-inch moose there. So a 200-inch moose is normally mid to upper 50s, can be a 50-inch moose with usually 40-inch plus palms and usually at least 15 inches wide and usually at least 10 points per side. Twelve, Ideally is 12 to 15 if you want big. So really, really big animals. <clears throat> it's pretty easy. A lot of these outfitters are shooting a half a dozen or more Boone and Crockett moose a year. So as you know, I mean, most of you, if you've heard of Boone and Crockett, it's, it's really rare to get a Boone and Crockett animal. You think about a mule deer, a whitetail, how hard that is to get a Boone and Crockett animal. It's not that hard to get a Boone and Crockett animal in some of those uh, northern BC areas. The caribou are a little bit harder. A couple areas in the, in the coastal range, if you hold out, we'll probably for sure get a, an upper 40s goat, which is 50 is all-time Boone and Crockett. And so this a trophy quality is high for what we call what I call public land hunting. British Columbia is somewhere between 90 and 95 percent public land, approximately, and they call it crown land. Um, and only a British Columbia resident can hunt all the species. If you are from Alberta, you have to go with a hunter host, and you can't hunt all the species. If you're a family member from another province or the state, uh, U U.S., you can hunt also with a, with a hunter host. So. Anybody else <clears throat> has to go with a guide outfitter. And there's around 230 to 250 guide outfitters in British Columbia. I mean, uh, the smallest area would be, I don't know, a few hundred square miles maybe, um, which every hundred square miles is, uh, was it 64,000 acres? So you, you talk some of these areas, or my old hunting area was 1,000 a, a square miles, so about 640,000 acres, and I leased part of two others. So that kicked it up, doubled the size. So we had about 2,000 square miles, which is about as big as you can t handle to take 30 to 40 hunters. That's a lot of acreage. I mean, Yellowstone Park is 2.2 million acres. Give you Put it in perspective, which is a little over um, 3,000 square miles, I think about 3,500. And so the biggest area in British Columbia, there's two or three of them in that 6,000 square mile area, which is you know a little over almost 4 million acres, three and a half, four million acres. So considerably bigger than Yellowstone Park. And yeah, so these outfitters do not hunt all their area. The residents on sheep can hunt sheep every year. Some areas are drying. A BC uh, resident has a huge advantage over most people because they can also go to the lower 48 and apply for draws down here. Um, so that's probably, if you had one place to be a resident in the world, um, outside of probably being in Africa, I, even Africa is not as good because it, you, each, each area has different countries where BC is like one mini country, I call it. You have, for example, one outfitter up in the north. They named their outfit Big Nine, and they call it the Big Nine because there's nine species of big game in the area, if you count wolves. I believe they had two kinds of deer. They had elk, caribou, moose, um, grizzly bear, black bear, mountain goat, and stone sheep, and I don't know if that math is right, but it's somewhere between eight and nine. Do they have lions? Uh, occasionally, but the further you go up in BC, you run into mainly just wolves and bears. The, the, the last really good lion hunting is along the Alberta border and probably up there around Hudson Hope. Once you get no, much north of Hudson Hope and Fort St. John, I'm sure there's a few lions. I just don't know people hunting them. I've, I think one of the guys saw lion tracks not far from my old hunting area, but I don't know anybody that's actually shot one there. 
So BC has, we were talking about grizzly bear. Grizzly bear was always one of my favorite animals to hunt there. And it's been two, what, two and a half years now, the, the government decided to, you know, go against biology, go against economics, and they closed the grizzly bear season. And um, that was not a very good decision because it was a political move and a, you know, bleeding heart move because now you can't manage the bears. And so they become more of a problem now. So before, a lot of times you'd shoot bears that are a problem. They're coming into camps. And those are a lot of times the ones that get shot. Now those bears that come in are not the ones that are, you know, getting, they're not getting shot. So they might get shot anyway. And then the conservation officers have to deal with a bear that normally would have been tagged and they would have made revenue on. So it's, it's not really good for the bears in the long run either. And it was a big calling card for some of the outfitters. A lot of those coastal outfitters lost anywhere between three and six bear hunts a year, which is, you know, on average a little over $20,000. That's a lot, of, a lot of money for some of these uh, outfitters. Ahead. And British Columbia is really interesting in that. It's one of the only places that you can get over-the-counter bugle elk hunts. Um, you know, starting the end of August and going through September, depending on the area. Um, the only place you can do that in the lower 48 is a couple wilderness areas in Idaho and Montana, and they, they don't have as good elk numbers. Now, British Columbia elk numbers are down up in that region, considerably down, but they're still quite good. Um, probably 15 years ago, one of my good friends and clients hunted with a neighbor outfitter, um, probably 50 miles away from where we were at. We just didn't have many elk in our We were on the edge of the Cassiers and the Rockies, but the, so most all the elk are in the Rockies in the northern part of BC. And I remember he said he counted 34 shootable six-point bull elk on one trip in about five days. And he got a, and uh, so that was, he said that was phenomenal. He's hunted elk in the West. Now the biggest one he saw was probably 320. So British Columbia doesn't, is not, Northern BC is not known for big elk outside of the Kachika and the Turnigan Rivers. And there's about two outfitters there that offer elk, maybe three. And they can get big. I've know guys that shot over 350 bulls. And then as you go down, they get big again when you get around the halfway area in the Sikany River and the Bessa and, and those areas. And as you get down into Fort St. John and Hudson Hope, you get some pretty good elk. And then Chetwin, and there's some big elk in that country, but a lot of bush elk. You got to know how to call them because it's not very open unless you get in some of the poplars or some of the clear cuts in farmers' fields. And then southeast BC has a lot of elk in the Kootenays. And then there's some actually really big elk in what we call the, the West Kootenays, which is around Castlegar and Trail and the Cusp and Revelstoke. And there's some giant, in fact, probably a lot of you have seen the Arrow Lake Bull, which was the, the world record non-typical. I don't know if it still is, but it was found it drowned or got knocked in the lake on the avalanche slide in the winter. We don't know for sure, but they found that carcass in the, in the horns, and that was a, a giant, giant bull. I can't remember the exact score. I want to say it was in the 460s, the 470s, but it was, a, it was about as big as you're ever going to see, and that was actually just south of Revelstoke. And then you have a lot of mule deer and whitetail. I've seen mule deer all the way up on the Turnigan River, about 80 miles from um, Watson Lake, Yukon. And there actually is mule deer up into Watson Lake in that country. Southern, Southern Yukon actually does have some mule deer. And I remember once I was sitting on the mountain looking at a pretty good mule deer buck, and I called my buddy, and he said, yep, the season closed about 10 days ago. But I could have shot a good mule deer on one of those hunts. So um, the grizzly bears, we usually hunted on berry patches. Um, or because you can't legally bait uh, grizzly bears, so, but you can run them with dogs. So dogs spot and stock and berry patches, and then a salmon stream on the western part of BC has some really good, like the, the on the Takir River and the Stikine River are famous areas, Knights Inlet, famous areas for really big uh, grizzly bears. I mean, you can get legitimate nine-foot-plus bears that have, I think the world record uh, grizzly bear skull, there was one from BC and one from Alaska that both scored in the high 27s. 
So you're talking a small Jeez. brown bear? That's a, that's a big grizzly bear. There's one mountain at the Smithers <laughs> Airport that they weighed that was a cow killer. And the conservation officers, I, I believe, um, they had to shoot it. And it was uh, like 1,012 pounds or something. So it was a brown bear size. Yeah, brown bear size. And it had probably close to a 26-inch skull. I mean, the, the interior is really hard to break 24 and 25. But when you get to the coast, they're a different colored bear. They're usually a darker bear. They're not like a true interior bear. It's a silver tip kind of blonde in places. And so, then, Brian, we should talk a little bit about tags, too, because oh yeah. so, so you, how, you, how you get a tag. and Yeah, well, the tags in BC is really simple. Outfitters have an allocation for what I call the prestigious animals, like your goats, your uh, stone sheep. Um, some of them have quotas for moose, but typically uh, depends on where you're at. Northern BC outfitters don't have a quota. Um, they have a point restriction in Region 7 where you guys hunted. You have to shoot at least a three-brow point or um, a 10 total points per side per horn. Um, for example, most stone sheep outfitters have anywhere between one and 10 allocation, but the nice thing is that they can give that in, in, until you actually come hunting and buy the license, it's actually not considered a hunt. So, you, you know, let's say if Brian was hunting or Brad was hunting and two weeks before you showed up, you hadn't bought a license yet. Um, that's why we never bought licenses for hunters until just before they came. Usually that's how I like to do it. I would leave a check with her expediter in town and, uh, she would go, um, buy the licenses just before the hunters got there in case something happened. So you buy the license and you go. So that's you can have true cancellation hunts for like in Wyoming and Montana and these other states. You know, most of them are, you ha if you, if you missed, missed or made a mistake on the draw, you're not going to get a hunt. And that's why Texas is so nice, some of these states like this. But most of the West is difficult to get tags in. And so the outfitters know how many tags they have. The downside is you can get in a piss and match with the residents and, and, and biologists over allocations, and I've seen a lot of the allocations get dropped down significantly. Part of that is because lack of wildlife in some areas. Part of it's because of politics and residents arguing with the outfitters. But in general, the outfitters know how many, and, and a lot of it's a five-year quota, so they can shoot so many animals in a five-year period. And so let's say a stone sheep is 40 in five years. That means they can shoot on average 80 a year, and they can usually overrun by one or two each year. And then at the end, that means they could only shoot like two or three left, depending on what, how they did it. But it is a five-year quota typically in British Columbia. And then, mountain, for example, mountain lions, you can shoot two mountain lions a year. You can shoot lynx and bobcat. Um, I, I believe the bag limit for non-residents is they can buy, each with each wolf tag, they can shoot one wolf. Probably can shoot a couple. So most of the time, people hunt wolves with bait um, in the winter. It's probably more popular in Alberta, but uh, if you go on a stone sheep hunt where there's like a lot of caribou and moose, it's always a good idea to have a, um, a wolf tag. It's not uncommon to see them. I'd probably say one out of 10 hunters will see a wolf. Probably one out of 20, one out of 30 would actually shoot one. So, so it's not super common. Black bears are probably the one of the most plentiful animal in the province. You know, they go right from the border all the way up to the top. And certain areas have a lot of bears, certain areas don't. Where we had a lot, a lot of grizzlies, we didn't see many black bears. So we never really sold black bear hunts. Uh, but not far from us, guys, saw a lot of hunts. The island, which is Vancouver Island, and the Queen Charlottes, <clears throat> those are considered what we call island bears. And uh, the Queen Charlotte, though, is no longer commercially hunted, unfortunately. It had the biggest school bears on average in, in British Columbia. I shot one that was in the, the mid-20s. However, my friends shot 21 and 22-inch bears there. So your biggest bears are typically on the southwest part of BC, on the mainland, more bigger skulls than on Vancouver Island and the Queen Charlottes. And throughout BC, you can get color phase bears. And the nice thing about BC, you can hunt them with dogs starting, uh, the season opens in April, and most of the seasons end either the 15th of June or the end of June, depending on which region you're in. 
to Black Bear Limit in British Columbia. And outfitters, I don't know any outfitter that has a Black Bear allocation. I don't know any outfitters that know more about British Columbia than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so just real quick, um, uh, uh, there's a couple of things. We deer. Uh, I, I, <laughs> That's okay, though. No, we'll get to deer. Um, and the Roosevelt Elk. But, but, but you got, <laughs> like I said, nobody knows more about it than you. One of the things that I want people to understand, if you're listening today, is that it's not just big mountain hunting British Columbia. It's not just at adventure wilderness. Now, there is adventure wilderness, too, but we have moose hunts that are available in different areas that are full-paddled moose that you don't have to be physically in a place where you got to be able to climb a mountain and do all that. And, and the money, the other thing is, is the financial part of British Columbia. A lot of people think of stone sheep. It's not as expensive. A couple of the best things, I think the best values in the market today is a British Columbia spot and stalk a, a black bear hunt. Not a question. You get the British Columbia thing. You know, the, the whole deal, you can be there. You're enjoying it. you got the, the dog hunting, thing. which is great for those people that want to do that. Yeah, and you can kill two bears. So if you want to go do one with a dog, you want to go get one with, uh, with spot and stalk. You can be in all of that, and you don't have to be this mountain hunter that you see on, on all the television shows and the YouTubes. That's not exactly what British Columbia is. So I know you're going to touch on elk, and I know you're going to touch on deer. Well, about moose, you can get five and $6,000 moose hunts. We call them meat moose hunts in the middle of the interior. And then you can go all the way to the Yukon border and shoot giants. So you can shoot from a... 30-inch bullwinkle up to a 60-incher. You know? And that's really what, that, that, that's, that's such a good point because you're sitting there listening. you got to just pick up the phone and call us, you know. Send us an email at rollingbones.com. We can help you. That's why we've established the membership because British Columbia, based on what you've heard so far, is giant and it's big. And Brian's got a plethora of information that he's just dumped on you guys and 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 i would be listening to this over and over and over it's one of the things we got the best responses about so if you're sitting there going man my buddy should do this tell him to get on this podcast so you get the information but it's not that much money you can you can get up there you can do these things get a hold of us for 150 bucks for our membership or a 50 dollars membership we will help you maneuver through this whole thing if you've never shot a moose a little moose i've shot I've shot the smallest dang moose you can shoot, and <laughs> it's still big. Animal. And I remember butchering it, and it was still big a moose. It was a big, it's it a big a moose, a big, a big a creature. So Brian, Brian, in the in the last two and a half minutes we have, we'll run a little <laughs> bit over. But tell us about just just do some dumping on deer, and because I know the Peace Arm has big, big, big whitetail, and I know it has big, big mule deer. Yeah, your biggest whitetail basically live in two regions. They live um, from the Hudson Hope region over to the Alberta border in the Chetwin, Fort St. John country. And, and a lot of people don't know it, but you can actually bait deer in British Columbia like in Saskatchewan, just not many people do it. And there's also some really big deer in, in the interior around the Kamloops, Kelowna, and that country. But And there's also some really big ones in the Kootenays. But again, most people don't hunt them um, very hard. A few outfitters have figured it out and do it. Uh, the mule deer, there's some really big mule deer in BC, but they're hard to hunt. And compared to Alberta, Alberta is so much easier to, to go hunting for mule deer. But BC doesn't have a big restriction on um, the allocations. Most outfitters don't have an allocation of deer like BC, uh, like Alberta, but they're hunting a lot of forest, and it's hard to kill them. It's a long season. BC has a really long season. Um, it's really good archery hunting. And early, there's a few archery-only areas, but most of BC doesn't have special tags like Alberta and Saskatchewan. And in the lower 48 does most everything as rifle. There's very, very few archery-only areas. There's one stone sheep area that's rifle-only. 
Um, again, the, the the deer are quite good. The elk are quite good, but it's hard hunting. You got to be more of a. You just don't drive around and shoot them. Um, you know, from spotting them from the vehicle. A lot of horseback hunting is great, both in the southeast, some in the interior, and then the north is mainly a lot of horseback. A lot of jet boat hunting, a lot of float planes in the north, a few wheel planes. One of the things that's really cool is the southwest BC has um, blacktail deer, and the Vancouver Island has a few blacktail also, and those are the Columbia blacktail. And then the Queen Charlotte Islands has Sitka blacktail, but unfortunately, unless you're a resident, you can't shoot. Um, as far as I know, there's no more non-resident hunting there. The, the, the deer limit in British Columbia, if you hunt, say, with two different outfitters or if you're a BC resident, they can shoot three mule deer and whitetail a year. They just have to shoot them in different regions. Um, the quota for blacktail used to be 10 per year on the, on, on the Charlottes, but I have to check with the regulations. I haven't hunted deer there for a few, few what years. What about the Roosevelt? Real quick, just to, it, it sends Roosevelt is awesome. Vancouver is really, Vancouver Island is famous for two things. Expensive black bears, they call the island black bear. When Safari Club entered uh, and put them in as a different species of black bear, they just don't have any white spots. They don't have any color phase. Bears are black, and they're just a totally black deer, bear. And then the Roosevelt elk, which are go from about low twenties up to about thirty-five to forty thousand dollars, and the outfitters have a very strict elk coat quota. So most of the province doesn't have an elk quota. It's a six-pointer better. Roosevelt, I, I mean Roosevelts are on a very strict quota, both for residents and non-residents. And by far the best place to shoot a Roosevelt elk if you don't want to wait for a draw, I don't want to buy a land or tag in, the, in one of the western states, is to hunt them in Vancouver Island. And uh, they're amazing. One of my clients went up there two years ago and shot a 368. And, uh, but yeah, in general, BC has, I want to say, somewhere between 17 and 18 big game species. And it's an amazing place to hunt. It's not necessarily managed the best because it has a lot of public land and a lot of public um, comments. So I, in my opinion, sometimes the wildlife does, suffers a bit. Um, but the good areas are really, really good, and you have to do your homework for sure. And that's part of what we do is help pick the right outfitter for the right species because it's kind of confusing. It's a giant place. Um, probably still one of my favorite places to hunt, and, uh, yeah, just beautiful landscape. What's your favorite thing to hunt if you could only hunt one thing up there? Still probably my stone sheep. It's hard to beat. <laughs> because everything else you can hunt when you're hunting stone sheep you can hunt other animals i've seen multiple animals of all, almost all the other species on a stone sheep hunt you know what we'll have to do is we'll have to do a sheep well we'll do it we'll do a podcast on that because there's you know, i call it the working man sheep lives there and in my opinion all the places we we book for for the working man sheep is the white billy goat and british columbia has amazing opportunities for billy goat and so that could be a podcast of itself well guys uh, I hate to wrap this up. This was phenomenal. Brian, great job. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before, but you know a lot about this stuff. And Brad, what do you, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing stuff, huh? That's awesome. <laughs> I want, I'm just ready to go, huh? Ready to go to British Columbia. And if you're ready to go to British Columbia, get a hold of us at rollingbones.com, rollingbones.com, and pass this on. You know, let it, your buddies know that this podcast is helpful for you. We would love to see what we could do for you to go to Rolling Bones. Dot com or give us a call at 605-644-8000 and we'll answer some questions help you out we're always here to talk hunting and get you on your next adventure have a great week stay healthy and be safe